This episode of Slapcast is proudly sponsored by Manifest Media. Building a brand is hard, but Manifest Media is here to help you improve your social channels and digital marketing strategies. Visit manifestmedia.info for more information. back to Slackcast. This is episode 13 of our coverage of the 2021-22 season. I'm your host, Gage, as usual, and I've managed to procure a stopgap mic for the time being, so hopefully it doesn't sound quite as bad as it did last week. I tried to mitigate it as much as I could in editing, but it still wasn't uh, still wasn't too great, so I apologize for that. But um, yeah, one good thing that we do have this week is a full panel. Everyone's back and involved, including... Ethan, who was the unfortunate victim of some uh, internet troubles last week. Ethan, uh, how's it feel to be back? It feels good. Uh, I was definitely locked up in the internet prison for a good almost four days, so it's good to be back. Dude, that is... I heard the podcast... That is so I heard the podcast was good, so yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. I thought thought Ben did a good job, so... His vocabulary is insane. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Speaking of, uh, or well, the man who's just introduced himself into the fray, it's Josh. Josh, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, sorry, I caught you just as you were taking a drink. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I'm good. Uh, We've been dealing with some storms, some major storms in the area. Mm -hmm. I think we're technically under a tornado warning, but the pod stops for no one, so we're going to continue to move along. And uh, Reese, Reese is here as well. How are you, Reese? I am excellent. I don't usually ask you that, but I figured I would today. So Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, gentlemen, it's been a very exciting week, but it wouldn't be any more exciting if we didn't start out with the question of the week. So, Josh, take it away. All right. That was kind of a... I was going to go, what's your favorite sport? But I think we'd all probably give the same answer. So, what is your second favorite sport to to watch? To watch? What is your second favorite sport to watch, if I can get it out? Hockey. Or your second favorite sport in general. doesn't have to be to watch, because watch is very, that creates like TV watch, in-person watch, and that's a whole thing. It's still hockey for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got to be hockey for me. I mean, honestly, hockey and soccer go back and forth on my number one. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, they're my two. It's like, it's like I have two mistresses or something, or two wives. And my mistress is Formula One right now, so let's go. Yeah, converted. Yeah, I've been indoctrinated I by Josh. I guarantee, if either of you watch Drive to Survive, you wouldn't be at the level of Gage because it's so like analytically driven. I think Gage is going to get like more into it than I do. But I guarantee y'all would at least watch a little bit of it. I'm already having watch- a stroke off on F1, dude. It's so it's like the. It's like sports for nerds. It's literally perfect. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out because I actually just finished uh, New Girl yesterday. Yeah, you should watch okay. Drive to Survive. Drive to it's Survive really is the same. And then if everybody watches Drive to Survive, I can teach everyone. I I'm just <laughs> gonna answer now. Normally I go last, but my second answer. So this is this was like a super hard question for me. I'm really glad I had like days to think about this. 
because I did I played football like all throughout like my life, and that's up there. And so is like rugby because that's I really enjoy it. And so is like so hockey's up there too. But honestly, like the last year and a half, two years, it's been like different forms of motorsport. Like going in person is insane. I think that is like the complete conversion factor if you can go like in person to one. But if I'm going this pick, weekend, right? Pick, yeah, so I'm going this weekend to my first NASCAR race. So long story short, I got in the Formula One through the Netflix documentary. And then I've been watching it for a while. That got me in the MotoGP, which is like the motorcycle version of F1, which I went to in November, October, which was insane. It was awesome. And then this winter, I was like, I'm going to try to get into an American motorsport series. So I've been watching. I've watched every NASCAR race this season. And I like it so far. The culture is very different. And just, like, yeah. penalties are so different than what I'm used to with, like, Formula One. But I've really enjoyed it. I'm going this weekend to Coda up in Austin. So if you're there, say hi. <laughs> have us we have to have a meet and greet with josh at the circuit of the yeah. americas <laughs> yeah tell him you tell him your seat number <laughs> so i'm sitting general admission which basically means there's like a bunch of different grass patches you can like sit or stand in which would be fine but with the rain today it's going to be like super muddy out there and i'm really hoping it's going to dry up by saturday hopefully it will i don't think it's supposed to rain the rest of the week so I think you I should be good, to. but I should be. Yeah, but, but yeah. So it's probably Formula One slash NASCAR as a second to it, just because it's been super fun to get into. Ethan, what's yours? This is actually a funny answer because you know, growing up, I watched everything but soccer, but now I only watch mostly soccer because I don't really keep up with much anything else these days. But uh, one thing I am looking forward to right now, and it's happening right now, is March Madness. I've always been a big college basketball guy, so probably basketball. Um, right, I grew up watching. Yeah, I'm I grew up watching. I grew up watching uh, the NBA. I don't really watch them anymore. Um, I played a lot. I played with Reese, um, and then I watch college basketball a lot. And I work a lot in college basketball, so probably basketball. Yeah, basket. Bas- I have a weird relationship with basketball because both my parents like hate it. And I'm just so I didn't grow up watching it until until like middle school when I just wanted to stay up all night. I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch basketball. So we didn't get Wi-Fi till like eighth grade. That's a whole other subject. Oh my! What? Um, I only like watching basketball when there's five minutes left in the game and it's close. That is, <laughs> that's the part that I hate when everybody gets fouled and there's a free throw and a stoppage every ten seconds. Yeah, it I don't makes really like that either. I only care about it when there's like actual stakes. Like, if it's like the first, uh, there's halves in basketball, right? It's halves. In college, it's yeah. halves, yeah. Yeah, first half of the game, it's like I literally couldn't care less because it's just like, no, I just don't care. Yeah. Bet. And then, yeah, so basketball, I didn't really get into until like middle school. And even then, I wasn't like a massive fan. But then when March Madness happens, I'm all over it. My fiance's family loves basketball, and they're all from Louisville. So when Kentucky lost to St. Peter's Friday night, that shit was crazy. Like, they were just rooting so hard against Kentucky. It was a interesting – it's like UT and OU to them. And it was just like 
there was like a there were lots of suck it Kentuckys being screamed at the top of people's lungs. Pour one out yeah. for the Baylor Bears, dude. That's yeah. really the only reason I care about yeah. basketball really? is because we won a national championship, not a big deal. And uh <laughs> Yeah, so that's really the only <laughs> reason I care about it. That was the yeah, it's a respite chick with reference game. for you. It's really funny watching that game with my dad because um, he hates Baylor, but he also hates UNC almost as much as he hates Baylor. So he was just rooting for anyone's downfall at all. <laughs> like he did not care who won; he only cared who lost. Dude, TCU kind of got they got they got shortchanged. I'm not gonna say they got robbed, but they, they definitely they got lose? they lost. There were a couple calls, like missed calls. I was like, "Hey, now, well, what are we doing I don't, I don't, here?" I don't watch it. I, I wouldn't know. I. I do not care because I picked them to win the whole thing, and if I win, I get a hundred dollars. So a lot of a lot of it's greed. I picked Arizona. I picked Purdue. My bracket's okay. So my my fiance's family does like a March Madness bracket thing, and like all of the like fiance slash boyfriend get included. So tell me you have money on that. Second right now. Her mom goes insane every year. Like her mom probably watches the most basketball. And just pops off every year. But yeah. last year I won thirty dollars because it was a ten dollar buy in. And I've been first for a good portion of this tournament, so I'm hoping for a hundred dollars. I'm a broke college student, I need that money. I had Baylor winning it all, so Yeah. Just for the hell who's of it. Pal- Ethan, who's Palace's shirt sponsor? Uh right now? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I just know it says W88. I don't know if they've got an official name or if that's the name, uh, but it's is like, it like a, a betting company. I, I would assume it is. Well, speaking of betting a hundred dollars on March Madness, let's talk about oh Crystal Palace as our makeup run. <laughs> I I I literally had no idea where that was going. I didn't either. Oh my yeah, god! I was worried. The W88 is a United States thermonuclear warhead. <laughs> what? Okay, look, no, it's I. I bet W eight eight is a nuclear warhead, but is what is like W eight eight the company, not the nuclear missile? I don't know. I'm checking. I can't believe you used betting to transition to betting company to transition to Crystal Palace sponsor to transition to Crystal Palace FA Cup game. Bro, have you seen my transitions? There have to be yeah, far it's, fetched. It's betting. See, it worked. Yes. Well, anyway, I mean, I... the much smoother one probably would have been like going back to the sport that all of us have as our favorite. But fuck that, Ethan. Talk about Palace doing great in the cup. Well, I'll first I'll start off by saying that Vera has won more games in the FA Cup as a manager this season compared to Roy, who's been a manager the past few seasons. Because Vera has won four games so far in the FA Cup as manager, and uh, Roy's only won three. So, big, like in big his whole career or his career at Palace? Uh, uh, Vera, you talking about Vera? No, Roy. Uh, yeah, at, at Palace. So that would be we're hilarious up, if he'd only won four FA Cup games in his entire career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he managed Liverpool at some point. I, I don't think that would be. Anyhow, I think. I think we are on the up and up, and I can tell it's a good vibe around the club right now. Um, 
talking a little bit about the game, we looked pretty nervy in the first, I'd say, 15 to 20 minutes, um, defending hard and having everyone back. And uh, they, we were lucky that they didn't score. Um, I think a lot of luck came in when, not that he is the talisman for Everton, but uh, Townsend got injured and had to come off. Um, but after that, we kind of just took the game by the horns and absolutely dominated. And Frank Leopard could say anything about it being lucky, but the fact that we were able to put four past his team is, is I wouldn't count that as luck. Maybe really it, it was lucky. Well, he, well, he was talking about each goal, and he was like, they were all kind of just lucky. And I was like... They, they saved, like, one of them. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. That's but, that's such bullshit. Like yeah. the only one I could kind of understand is the one where it like dipped hard and went off the post. Yeah, which I get. But yeah, we we looked good though. Um, Gahey got his like fourth goal for the club, um, and then Mateta's on fire still. Um, I'm kind of glad he's he's like beaten the the stigma that Roy put in for him. And then uh, Elise had a weird. Um, it was like a shot slash pass that hit the post and. Um, I didn't even see it happen because the camera was still on Elise because it looked like it went out, and then Zaha just tapped it in. And Will Hughes got his first goal for the club, um, cheeky tap in after Gallagher had a shot on goal. But um, yeah, fully deserved. Uh, the only unfortunate thing is that we're playing Chelsea next, and um, from the looks of it, it looks like Gallagher cannot play this game. So uh, that'll be tough. Yeah. That's what I That's mentioned before with the, the lone army working in their favor. That is right. probably like the best draw you could have got, though. Yeah, because theoretically, but missing Gallagher is kind of huge. I agree. Um, the ideal situation would have been playing like either non Chelsea for either the fi- semifinal or the final. That way, we could have Gallagher in both. But I'm glad that if we do beat whoever's in the semifinal, we won't have to play Chelsea in the final, um, where we wouldn't be able to have Gallagher on the last game. So. Hopefully we can. The other thing is, y'all just played Chelsea and it was very close. That'll be a tough game, but um, I'm I'm if we play like we did in the last game we played against them, I, I think we should be fine. We just need to work on defense a little bit, even though it's been good these past few games. Just making sure we're closing down their their good um, uh, passing play, and then maybe get some attacking going. I'll kind of bring up the results that happened around the last podcast since I wasn't on it. Um, Oh, we, yeah. bas- we basically just played uh, Manchester City, and uh, I was very happy that we oh, ended up yeah. coming away with a point. Um, we kept them to not scoring any at all. And so we went the whole season uh, this year to not letting them score a goal against us, which is pretty crazy considering they're Man City. So, uh, yeah, I think everyone played well. Um, it was unfortunate because we had a few chances to score that um, couldn't take them, but... Our whole back line has been amazing. Mitchell, Gay, Anderson, and Klein uh, coming in for Ward. And uh, Guaida also had a really good game. So uh, all praise to the defense there. That's it. Yeah, very good stuff. It was a great result. Um, we did touch on it very briefly last week, but we left uh, we left the expert analysis to you. Um, so, yeah, very good stuff for Palace. Um, let's go ahead and switch over to... Reese now chronologically I think it makes the most sense because this weekend or well quickly actually I'm going to mention that the other FA Cup uh, ties that took place pretty much went as you would expect that the big teams won 
That'd be Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool. Um, as we mentioned, of course, Palace have drawn Chelsea and uh, City have drawn Liverpool. So there should be some interesting semifinals there. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and go to Reese because Arsenal have got another win that could be very beneficial in the top four chase. And it was a great rebound after the game against Liverpool. Yeah, we definitely needed to respond right away uh, to restart the winning streak. Um, I, I mean, Arteta said it before the game, this was the most important game of the entire season because if we had lost this game, it spelled trouble for sure uh, in terms of uh, possibly spiraling down into a streak of losses. But to bounce right back, especially against Villa, it was Villa away, and Villa had been on a hot run of form. Um, and to go away and keep a clean sheet... Um, yeah, it was it was a great performance from the from the team. Uh, Bukayo Saka getting another goal, um, kind of a weird goal. Uh, Martinez just didn't see it because they had a billion players in the box trying to block it. But um, you know, we'll take we'll take it. A goal's a goal. Um, the defense is, I mean, I've I've said it before with these one nil wins. I mean, a one nil win is not something that we could have done in seasons past because. We just weren't good enough to not concede, basically. But now that we're able to actually keep clean sheets, especially in these away games, um, we always have a chance to win the game, pretty much, because you know one one goal is all we need in a game like this, and it's all we needed. So, um, yeah, I was very happy with the win. I actually think a lot of the interesting things came from um, some discourse that was happening on Twitter, specifically with uh, Jaka, because. He received a yellow in this game. The referee um, said that it was for repeated fouls, um, and some other like like websites when they were like posting updates said that you know Jaka receives a yellow for repeated offenses. He committed one foul in the game, uh, and so. <laughs> We're all very confused. And then, like, a bunch of pundits, too, afterwards were talking about it and was like, yeah, Xhaka had this coming. You know, he was a repeated offender all game. He wasn't. <laughs> he made one foul. It's the Xhaka effect, essentially. Um, and there was another challenge on, on Sokka earlier in the game that I, I don't think it should have been a red, and it wasn't. It was a yellow. But I literally said to my dad, Xhaka makes that challenge. It is a red. So there's been some discourse about... Um, essentially Jaka possibly being some bias in the in the cards yeah, i mean yeah. reputation calling is a thing that is a real thing yeah. it happens a lot in hockey too so i mean like well i'll say the thing and then i'll ask the question i mean you also like he does have a history of like very hard tackles it's like it's part of the ref's job is to like get out ahead on that stuff so it doesn't happen you know um were there some challenges that he made that didn't get called as fouls because they played the advantage? No. That counts as a foul. If the ref plays the advantage, statistically, yeah, it, still, it still as counts a foul. as a foul. He, he didn't make I any didn't other fouls that. in this game, and it, it wasn't a hard challenge either. It was like a one-off random thing. But the issue that I find, I, don't, I mean, I don't have it, an issue necessarily with you know, a player making one foul and getting a yellow for it. Uh, I don't. I just don't think it really deserved a yellow. And the issue for me is that he, the ref, justified it by saying it was for repeated defenses. 
um, but he didn't have any uh, other fouls. Yeah. So, the only uh, thing I can think of is, and I'm not saying this happened because I actually don't think this is the case, but um, sometimes you see yellow cards given for like team foul. Like if the team is yeah. fouling repeatedly, then one person has to take the blunt, the blunt, the brunt of it. Um, one person has to smoke the blunt. No, but um, like, I I don't think that's what this was in the case. But you know, I don't know. Maybe that's could be some kind of line of thinking for the referee somewhere. But I, yeah, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Um, the other bit of conversation was that Sokka came out after the game and basically was just uh, saying that he he wasn't you know, making multiple calls. He he said it to the referee in passing as he left very calmly and was basically like, hey, uh, I'm getting fouled all the time and you're not giving out yellows. So you're like, you're calling them as fouls, but you are not giving any deterrent and I don't want to get injured, right? Because his, his play style is, deter- is, is revolving around dribbling at players and, and possibly drawing fouls, but they need to be, you know, punished with a yellow so that they don't possibly injure him. Uh, and... Uh, Steven Gerrard came out after the game and said that uh, Sokka needs to just get used to it, blah, blah, blah. But he, <laughs> a bunch of Arsenal fans pulled up the receipts afterwards uh, because uh, at Rangers, he made a request um, to the referees to start <laughs> protecting their players because they were getting fouled a lot. So a little. I also little saw somebody, somebody tweeted him. out his injury list. It was like, the man's got like plates in his hips. He's got screws in his yeah. ankles. He's got all this stuff, and he's like, "Man, come on! Somebody like you should be in favor of protecting players." Because you, he, he cited those. He was like, "I've I've had so much surgery, surgery and stuff. You just got to get used to it." I'm like, "You shouldn't like, have to destroy your you, body just because you have been injured." Doesn't mean Sokka also needs to get injured, right? Yeah, but yeah, those were just little little things surrounding the match were that were kind of interesting, but. Yeah, as far as the performance goes, um, we definitely needed this win, and uh, it'll hopefully propel us into the next one against Palace, actually, after the international break. Did y'all see the celebrating bullshit came up again? Oh, yeah. I did see Of course I saw it. Um, (laughs) I actually did not. What what happened? happened? Ashley Young, somebody, again, it was Ashley Young this time, talked about how we celebrated too hard after we won. He said uh, once again that we celebrated like we had won the league. And I'm like, see, like, we haven't gotten top four in in six years, and it was like a well fought win. I don't know, like, I don't understand it. I, I, I do not understand it. I didn't even, um, I didn't even like when I was watching it. I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind, like. And I'm I'm the the one who hates having fun. Like, I I hate. Yeah. I'm the one who usually dumps on <laughs> stuff like this, but. No, I don't. I didn't understand it. Another uh, pundit who was a former player—I don't remember his name—but uh, he also said something about it and said that it was unacceptable or whatever. And he said again, "We celebrated like we had won a trophy." But then all the Arsenal fans responded under that tweet of like the clip of him saying it, and they were like, "What would he even know about knowing a, winning a trophy? He's never won one. Like, n- not a single trophy has he won. He oh, doesn't wow. know how to celebrate that." Wow. Anyway, yeah, it keeps coming up. Um, it's really annoying. I, but it's also kind of funny. It, it was, it's been annoying, but as it happens more and more, it kind of makes me laugh and it makes me happy because I'm like, man, y'all are so obsessed. Like, calm down, man. 
The only one I was on board with was the one against Palace, but since then, I don't think any of the ones that have been brought up are, stu- are like, I don't think, I think they're all stupid, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and I'll get my Spurs diatribe out of the way. It's honestly not much this week. I don't, I don't have a whole lot to talk about in terms of Spurs, which feels good actually, because mostly I usually come on here and complain about why we're garbage and why this and that and whatever. Um, I thought it was pretty much one of our best performances of the season, really. I, I thought we dominated play. I thought we created some good chances. I thought, really, we defended pretty well, apart from um, conceding another set piece, which is frustrating, of course. But, I mean, we defended really well from open play, and, and we limited their chances to only kind of few and far between, really. Um, and, and I thought this game was a really... Um, really showed why some of our, or pretty much all of our signings that we've made under under Fabio Paratici have come to fruition, basically, because I thought Romero, Bentenker, and Kulisevsky were all really, really good in this game. I thought Romero was brilliant defensively. He was on the ball quite a bit, um, really good in possession. I thought Bentenker was great. I thought he was linking the midfield together. Um, I thought, you know, he was bustling in there. I think that's one of the things that I really can't wait for Oliver Skip to get back because I think this thing that I've been talking about with the two in midfield and how it generally doesn't work, I think it actually could with Benton Kern Skip because I think they're both mobile enough and I think they both uh, work hard enough and have enough of a sort of ability to link play from defense to attack that um, it could actually work with the two of them in there. I still think Hoybier is a little bit limited in that regard, but I thought he was fine in this game. I didn't think he was exceptional, but... Um, yeah, I think Benton Kerr covers up a lot of his deficiencies um, being in there. So that that's a good thing, really. Um, and then, of course, Harry Kane was absolutely ridiculous in this game again. I'm running out of superlatives for him, really. Um, he absolutely ran the game. He was involved in all three goals. Um, he put in the quote-unquote assist that led to Kurt Zuma's goal, and then he assisted, actually assisted uh, both of Sun's actual goals. So... Um, and the, the pass for the second one is absolutely ridiculous. If anyone hasn't seen it, you need to look up the second Spurs goal because the ball into the path of Sun from Kane is a joke, frankly. Um, and Sun was not crap. Um, we talked last week about the fact yeah. that he looks like he was kind of struggling for confidence and we didn't know how he was fitting into Conte's system. And today he comes out and – or today, not uh, – man, was that yesterday? It feels like a long time ago. Yesterday um, – yeah, I just thought he was confident. I thought he was this really what I think it was is that he was decisive. He made decisions quickly and made up his mind without having to kind of dilly dally on the ball, which is usually what he does whenever he gets caught in possession. Um, so, yeah, overall, pretty pleased. Uh, pretty pleased with the result for Spurs. I think um, we are trending upward right now in expected performance, which is a little metric that I've kind of, well, I'm not going to say I developed it, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. Um, and I've kind of been using it to track. It's tr- basically just a method of me tracking XG. Um, and I, I, have a, I have a spreadsheet for it because, of course, I do. Um, and Because uh, <laughs> I generally find that XG is, is, is usually only reliable in the context of multiple game scenarios. I think in one game xg doesn't tell you a whole lot um but looking at the trends um of, of how things go is, is something that i enjoy doing so i could i essentially what i do is i compare um expected goals to expected goals against uh 
take the ratio of that and then take the log of that so that that it normalizes across um, greater than one and and less than one. So Spurs are trending in the right direction. Uh, all of our last five games have been positive, uh, positive expected performances, which means better than quote unquote average or better than um, an equal performance, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, the last few games we've gone from 0.11 to 0.20 to 0.29 to 0.6 uh, to 1.19. So, yeah, we're trending trending in the positive direction in that regard, in that particular metric. Um, so, I don't know. I'm hopeful that just maybe we'll be able to squeeze enough out of the squad by the end of the season to um, to catch Arsenal, or at least to put ourselves in a position where the North London Derby becomes win and you're in. Um, I think that's basically how we're going to get in if we are, is that we have to push Arsenal to a place where the North London Derby is a decisive game and then win it. Um, I think that's probably the only way that we're going to be able to get in because I don't foresee Arsenal dr- dropping enough points for it to for it to turn into one of these kind of worst of the rest races that it has been in the past. Um, I don't foresee. I think Arsenal are, are, are too good for that right now, and so I think Spurs have got to really put the pressure on and, and um, win as many games as we can and, and get as close to Arsenal as we possibly can. So, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Overall, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with where we're at right now. I think the top four race looks like it's on more than it did a few weeks ago. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about us being completely out and there was no chance of us going anywhere and yada yada and all that. Um, of course, we're three points you behind Arsenal. The, um, you broke the win-loss, win-loss. Uh, we did, thing, yeah. Friend. Finally, we did, Got yeah. Two wins, two wins in a row. Yeah. First time since Boxing Day that we've had two wins in a row. Yeah. Which is, I mean, not good enough really, but hopefully we can string some together. We, we, I think out of the three of us, if you count Man United in the race as well, which maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but Spurs definitely have the most favorable fixture list um, because the only the only sort of big six team that we have to play yet is is Arsenal. So, um, yeah. And, of course, Arsenal still has to play United. The good news for us is that we, we still have a game in hand on y'all. Yes, I will say as well that game as is two against games in hand on United. The game that I you think. do have in hand is against Chelsea. So it's Yeah, but I mean I mean technically it's against Chelsea, but I mean I could just say it's against a, like if I count us losing against True. Chelsea, you know. Yeah, I well again I think this is kind of one of those things I I honestly feel like you would love to win the game against Chelsea of course, but and the only reason I say that that is the game in hand is because it's the one that had to get rescheduled. So yeah, from a technical point of view, but yeah, um, yeah. it is it is the game in hand. You know what I'm saying though? No, no, I I totally mean it's like to forgive me for using this word, but points are fungible, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I still kind of am optimistically. I want to say that Spurs will get there, but. That game has been rescheduled, by the way, I think. The Chelsea game has, yeah. I think the North London Derby is one of the only games left in the league that hasn't been rescheduled. Yeah. They did like a mass overhaul after the FA Cup and then teams who were in Europe. Yeah. um, I don't know. I think I'm I'm satisfied with where we're at right now in terms of Spurs. I, I really just want to see us string a few results together and then go from there. Um, I feel a lot more positively than I did 
a few weeks ago, so that's that's a good thing. And uh, I, I just think Arsenal, every time I watch them, I, I don't feel like they're going to lose. So um, that's the only thing that worries me in terms of whether or not we will get fourth. But Definitely yeah. think it'll be close because, I mean, looking at the fixture list, there's like... I mean, there's like three games that I think we, it could go either way, including the game against Palace, actually. It's the game, I mean, it's the game against Palace, I think, could go either way. The game against City, I mean, not City, Chelsea, and the game against Tottenham. The rest yeah. of them, I think we should win, including United. Um, yeah. Especially because that game is going to be home, but yeah. Out of the rest of the fixtures, it's like, I think we have three games that are better iffy for me all right josh lester got a much needed victory this weekend against brentford um yeah too much needed. yeah and um yeah i mean brentford did put the pressure on at the end but i think overall were you satisfied with lester's performance in this game so i was only able to watch the first half because i had the leave to come home from spring break. Um, so mostly coming on the first half and a little bit on the second half. Um, I think the first half we did a great job of just attacking and taking control of the game, especially winning the battles at midfield. I think that was probably a quality standpoint. But I was very surprised by Nam plays Mendy's Nam plays Mendy's play. That's weird to say. Um, his play, he played really good. He was all over the pitch in a game where we needed Ndidi to be able to rest before he goes to international college with Nigeria for the uh, last round of Africa qualifying for the World Cup. He did. He put in an abs- a massive shift and was all over the pitch. Gaston in his game back for the first time in a while scored a screamer and was just solid defensively. James first, Justin first appearance really of 2022, by the way, for him, and he scores. So yeah, so he's had a lot of his injuries. Like even, especially starting in the Belgium Euro track. Um, so after that, we he played really good. James Justin looks great going forward. Um, and then Johnny Evans came on extremely late to form a three at the back. Um. But we just played like a super good game. Johnny Evans played a great game. He came on and made like one of his like amazing Johnny Evans like dive in tackles to clear the ball out uh, late in the like 86th or 87th minute. So he was he he played really good. So hopefully we can manage his injury well and slowly get him back to fitness. But the James Madison free kick. Just from where the free kick was, I was like, this is dangerous. And David Raya was just, you could tell he was frustrated with what the wall was doing. And I was like, they're a little discombobulated. This might go in. And it did. And now I watched a condensed match for the second half. And we weren't as dominant. I think that's just us being exhausted from playing two games a week for like three weeks straight now. Um, Wesley Fofana made his. Europa League debut and his start starting debut for the season. And he played great. He looked like the Fafana of old. He got out of positions a few times, but I think he just needs to knock the rust off a few more times. 
But he scored a massive header that ended up being the goal that sent us through to the quarterfinals. He just played. He played great. We did not play amazing. But Ren were also throwing every everything but the kitchen sink forward at us at the end of the game to try and get that goal to send in the extra time. Um, yeah, they were just there was like a person back, and we just could not get the ball out because they're nine people forward. I saw they all also got scored on by Flavian Taint. Yes, to the club. <laughs> it was kind of a cracker though. Like it was outside the box. He bent it into the I, near post. It was kind of a he. The goal that he scored against us was kind of a banger too. Um, but yeah, so we played pretty good. I think we were lucky to not have it go to extra time because both teams had their spots where we were both like really good throughout the game, and then so extra time pro- on paper probably would have been deserved. But I'm pretty excited. We have PSV Eidenhoven in the quarters, which I'm. Fairly confident we'll make it through. Then for the semifinal, we have, I'm going to try to not butcher this, but we have the winner of Roma. If The winner of our game has the winner of Roma versus Bodo Glint from Norway. Pretty close. Who, who made it through on added time against Azed Alkmaar from the Dutch League. Um, so it's pretty, it'll be interesting to see how we do against them and how much of a squad we throw against them, like who we end up playing. So I'm, I'm excited. And we start like right away. Like our first match is April. April 7th. Yeah. April 7th. So right away. So I'm, I'm excited. I think we need to win this competition. I think it's winnable. I think the only team that I'm, nervous about playing would be Roma or Marseille. But I talked about it last week. I think it's Roma's a shit com- show if it makes you feel any better. The Jose Mourinho yeah, effect. They won against Lazio in the Derby this weekend. Yeah. Which is a pretty huge result. They almost had to go to extra time against Vitesse um, but got a pretty late winner. So they got kind of lucky on that. Because uh, Tammy or yeah, Tammy Abraham scored in like the ninety-first minute. Um, but overall, I'm I'm kind of pleased with what we're doing. Like the in the pre-match, they were talking about how we're like two for eight, two for our last eight eight games. We're like two, two and four, which is kind of frustrating. But pulled it out of the bag. Got a big win against Brentford, which I didn't think I was gonna say this year. And then a pretty big away win against Wren. Their stadium is insane. Like, it's a pretty cool stadium. Yeah, Rojan Park. It's a great stadium. And the way it's built, the sound just goes, like, directly onto the pitch because the stands are they're very vertical. Yeah, they so, are. So, but our the, the chant we do, and which a lot of teams do whenever the away goalie's lining up for a corner kick... Uh, or not a corner kick, a goal kick. I was like, yeah, the goalies taking corners. Reese knows what I'm talking about because Ramsdale just fucking went and ran with it when we did it against y'all. But what is it? I can't. Uh, I'm trying to think of what exactly it is. Basically, Ram- Ramsdale loves that stuff. 
It's basically like a screaming, your shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah. Something okay. Stupid. He he feeds on that. He, he does. On the hate. Like, he like you throw batteries at that guy, and he would yeah. go all out. Well, there's a reason he always celebrates in front of the the opposition team if if we score like. If we score and he is in front of the opposition team fans, he will always turn around and like celebrate at He's them. a shithouse. He is. He's finally on a team he can be a shithouse rightfully at, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's earned it. Camsdale. Camsdale. That, that, I saw, that save against us popped up again the other day, and I was just like, what Ridiculous, the fuck? Man. He, like, was how- due, he was due for a bad one. That's what the Liverpool one was. Yeah. I was just like, what the heck? He was due for a stinker. But, yeah, overall, I'm pretty happy with where Leicester are right now. Um, I think Conference League needs to be our big push. Yeah. Then we go going another trophy. I mean, technically, we already have a trophy for the season through the Community Shield, but I don't 100% count that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just one game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we beat City, and we... We're the first team to make Grealish eat shit this year, so that's always fun. But, yeah, that's a classic. Uh, but if we can win another trophy this year, that'd be amazing. Okay. I am now going to throw it over to Ethan for the quiz. You heard it here first. Ethan is quiz master today. The quiz master. Um, I thought I'd be fair to give Gage a chance because he's been coming up with all the good quizzes recently, so... Um, I thought it'd be fair to get him involved at once. Um, this quiz this time doesn't really have a theme. Um, I thought it just would be a good time for Joy and bring up uh, good results for uh, the uh, uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Leicester. So um, I'm actually going to do it in a different format. So um, I'm going to tell you the results, and then I'm going to give you a chance to fill out what you think the starting 11 was. And I'm going to give you the amount of points for the people you get right. Okay. And so y'all are all are going to be doing it at the same time. Okay. So, um, hold on, let me get my notes out so I can write this down. Sounds good. So, I will, well, I guess while Reese is, I'll go slap order. So, Gage, I took the result and uh, I went a little bit ways back because I figured. Since Tottenham have had the same squad for a good chunk of the time you've been watching, I thought it'd Uh-oh. be good to give you a little bit of a challenge. I think you could be fine. This this seems doable. But um, on uh, hold on, I think it's forgot to put the result for this one, but I I knew the score. Uh, Tottenham play Liverpool on September eighteenth, twenty eleven, and y'all beat them four nil. Oh my days! And it is sure. a four four two. What are you gonna do to everybody else if that's what you're doing? The gauge. Swear my you days. Out a, okay. You pull out a championship result for Leicester. I'm gonna lose it. I did not. I I wouldn't do that to you, Josh. Yours is from May 24th, 2015. So the year that y'all almost got really good. Oh, that's so that's the last game. Of the yeah. 14-15. And it was the it was the five one against QPR, and y'all were a three four three. Now, Reese, this one was, I thought this was weird because they, I didn't really know what the formation was, but um, I'll just tell you how many it is in each thing that was on, according to the Premier League website. 
but it was on February 4th, 2012, when Arsenal beat Blackburn 7-1. And according to the Premier League website, there was three defenders, six midfielders, and one striker. Sorry, can you say that again? Three defenders, six midfielders, and one striker. Oh man, this is way before way before my time. Yeah, me too. But I think I I think I could do better than I. I think I can do pretty Don't, well, actually. We you said we beat Blackburn seven one. Yes, I like I said I wanted to create a a joyous atmosphere and not have y'all do results where y'all lost. And these are pretty comfortable results for all y'all. So, um, so just take a minute and think about your starting eleven. Um, I've somewhat given you the formations. And so um, while they have a chance to, the, to do that afterwards, I will have them each go through and tell me who they think started that game for them. And then we will see who, get, who got the closest. All right, we're back and everybody is ready to go ahead with their team sheets. I'll start off with Gage just because I had said his first with the date and the result against Liverpool. So Gage, go ahead and just give me your list and I'll tell you, I'll calculate the points afterwards. Okay, I'm going back right from to, goalkeeper. Yeah, going back to front from goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. So I've got Jorelio Gomez in goal. I've got Kyle Walker at right back. I've got Ledley King and Michael Dawson as the two center backs. I've got Benoit Asuakado as the left back. I've got Gareth Bale at left wing. I've got Rafael van der Vaart and Luka Modric in center midfield. I've got Aaron Lennon as the right wing. And I've got Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe as the two strikers. Okay. Let's go to Josh, who uh, right. Lester beat QPR 5-1. So I'm going to go Schmeichel in goal. Robert Huth at one of the center backs. Wes Morgan at the other one. And a left field shot of Markin Vasilvesky at the third. And then... The midfield, I think it's Danny Simpson, a right wing back, Andy King, or yeah, Andy King and Danny Drinkwater in the midfield, and Christian Fuchs at left wing back. Then at right wing, I'm going to go with Albrighton, Stryker Vardy, and left wing Mares. Okay. I have a question. If we have them out of position, do we still get the points? Yeah. Because I said the wingers, and I don't know. If, never mind. If you, Reese. if you said it, if you said it, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. All right, Reese. Reese had Blackburn uh, be Arsenal 7-1. Arsenal win. So start with the goalkeeper. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this list is terrible. I'll say it right now. Uh, but I've got Fabianski in goal. Um. I don't think Czech was there yet. Uh, my center backs, my my three defenders that may or may not be center backs uh, are Kashelny, Her Murdesacker, and Monreal, which I could not think of a third. I don't even know if he was playing for us then, but um, yeah, I've just thrown him in. I couldn't think of another name. Uh, my six midfielders that may be various positions. Uh, I have got Coquelin, um, who I don't think was there yet. I just couldn't think of another name. Uh, I've got Santi Cazorla, who 
may or may not have been there yet as well. I have Thomas Rosicki, uh, which I think is decent. Um, I've got Aaron Ramsey. He would have been very young, but we signed him as a teenager. Uh, I've got Wilshire. Uh, Theo Walcott. And for my one striker, I've actually got Thierry Henry because I believe we had re-signed him at this point. Okay. Now give me a second to do all the math. This is going to be tight. Yeah. I think Reese has this one. I wish we were playing a real formation. <laughs> that would have helped. Me. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was literally in, I don't know what the Premier League is up to with that. Yeah, my guess, I got last. That's that's my guess. I had like three or four players that I just could not think about. I think one. Josh probably beat me because there's there's like four that I don't think are right or that I think could have been someone else. So I think Josh yeah, probably I, beat me. But I think I've got three that I'm like iffy on. Okay. I have done everything. And I... We'll go through each team first, and I will tell okay. you whether or who's got the points. And I'll, I'll reveal it, who was all in the starting, but I'm not going to reveal the numbers yet. Okay. But you can do keeping up if you want to. So the Tottenham starting 11 versus Liverpool was Brad Friedel. Damn it. I. And then Eunice Kabul. Ledley King. Okay. Kyle Walker. Asu Okoto. Gareth Bale, Scott Parker, Luke, Luka Modric, Nico Kranjar, Fuck. Adebayor, and, and Defoe. All right, and then moving on to Leicester, it was Peter Schmeichel, Wes Peter Morgan. Peter Schmeichel. Or Casper Schmeichel, I'm sorry. Hey, this was, this was a, a little while ago. I'm just kidding. It was in 2015. Casper Schmeichel. Wes Morgan, Robert Huth, Vasilevsky, King, Albrighton, Schlupp, uh, Cambiasso, Vardy, Ujoa, and Mares. And then to Arsenal, it was Chesney, Murdersacker, Thomas Vermalen, Koscielny, Rosicki, Arteta, Walcott, Oxlade Chamberlain, Alex Song, I almost Coughlin, did Coughlin, and Van Persie. So, if y'all have been keeping up, yeah, I got last. Gage had six, Reese had five, and Josh had eight. Yeah. Uh, Friedel, man, fuck Josh. off. Friedel didn't even start. Friedel didn't start for us at all that season. He didn't start until 2012, 13, I don't think. But Yeah. Fuck. And I mean, that was, I feel like that was good. Y'all got a good majority. It's like y'all got at least more than half. Um, I think Josh had it a little bit easier just I did because not get more than it was half. more recent. Yeah, I think I had uh, the easiest. Because right. I watched most of the season, but I didn't like know who anybody was i'm upset yeah. about uh chesney because i couldn't remember when he was there 
uh, and I almost put him, but I didn't. Uh, I'm upset about Franchar too. I'm upset about Oxlade because I almost put him there, and I was like, nah, I don't know if he was there. I can't believe Cocklin was correct. Yeah, you said that. I was like, oh. So, yeah, the, I just wanted to try this different format because it, it's kind of cool to like be on suspense and you know use I your liked brain it, yeah. to try and figure out your own squad. So, um, if y'all liked it enough, we can do it again in the future. Um, just keep changing up formats and see what uh what we enjoy the most. But yeah, thank you for letting me be the quiz master this week. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. Oh, I, I mean, I've actually did pull this up. So, uh, the four nil Tottenham win against Liverpool. The scores were Modric, Defoe, and Adebayor twice, and Charlie Adam and Martin Skirtle both got sent off that game. So oh, Martin Skirtle. I, I actually, I okay, I know the game now because I remember that. I, I've seen that Modric goal. Yeah, so uh, that's probably why uh, y'all cruised them two red cards. Um, moving to the Leicester game, it was Vardy, Albright, and Ushua, Cambiasso, and Andre Kramerich off the bench. Oh, shit. And Char- Charlie Austin scored for QPR. Oh, Charlie, where is he now? Is he at Stoke? He's at QPR again, I think. Uh, I will do a check real quick. Martin Skirtle is playing. I think he's, the... I think he's back at QPR. That's correct. He, he is. is at QPR. He is. Yeah. Martin Skirtle is in the Slovakian league now. And then Arsenal's game was Robin of Robin Van Persie hat trick. Uh, Oxlade Chamberlain uh, brace, an Arteta goal, and a Scott Dan own goal from Blackburn. Scott Dan when he was there, and um, the only scorer for uh, Blackburn was a guy named Peterson with a D. You know why I thought of Oxlade? I I, I should have stuck with it because my thinking was Wenger loves to play wing backs that aren't defensive at all, and he actually did that with Oxlade a lot. Uh. And so I was like, who would have played a wing back for us? I know Oxlade has before, and then I second guessed myself. Yeah. And I mean, it was, I, I, I took a good hour to figure out what kind of like games I would want to pick because obviously these teams are so different. And obviously, Leicester getting promoted in 2015 or 2014. Um, but then again, Tottenham and Arsenal have had, uh, for at least in certain periods, have had a good chunk of the same team for a decent amount of time. Yeah. So. Just trying to get it all balanced out somehow. Guess which Premier League striker was in our team in the 14-15 season? Chris Wood. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I think, gentlemen, unless anyone would like to remonstrate further or not remonstrate, but say something positive, then uh, you're welcome to now. But other than that, I think it may be time to bid the show adieu. Good Uh, luck, uh, USMNT. Mexico game on Thursday. Yes. Uh, big. This is the last uh, set of qualifiers before we know whether or not we're in. I think we should be fine. Fingers crossed. But, you know, anything can happen. I said that last time, too. So. All right. We want to say thank you to everyone. And I'm going to start with Josh. Thank you, Josh, for joining. Thank you. And uh, Ethan as well. Thank you. It was good to have you back. Absolutely. It's good to be back. And uh, Reese, thank you for joining as well. Of course. And uh, thank you to the listeners for sticking around and uh, sticking with us through all this time. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and uh, we certainly enjoy making them, so we hope you're enjoying listening to them. And, uh, yeah, 
We love you all. We hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. And it's a goodbye from us. <laughs>